This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Defense. Defense, defense, defense. I said off the air before we were recorded this podcast, I wanted to know, were you more impressed with the offensive line performance or Lou and the gang keeping uh, Josh Allen pretty much out of the end zone? He only had one touchdown that he ran in in one field goal, holding them to 10 points total in this game. I think it's about equal, but the bias in me says offensive line because this defense – I think people thought this this performance was possible from the defense because you've seen Lou and this defense cook this type of thing up before. The offensive line, I don't think anybody saw coming that domination. Just like nobody nobody was saying like, well, that Bengals offensive line is just going to kick their butt up and down the field. It's like, no, nobody said that. Now, were there some people? Not me. I, I feel like I just I, I have to eventually just get there and just say Lou's going to stop these elite quarterbacks, but it's so hard on paper because it just doesn't make sense, but he's just able to do it. Um some people were probably saying like the Bills are probably gonna have a tough time against this defense, right? Um, and I did think that we both, I believe, didn't we both predict them under 30? Yeah, uh, Bengals offense and Bills offense. Yeah. So like we thought like they were gonna have some success, but they didn't see that type of success. And we were probably both saying the offensive line is probably not having much success in this game. <laughs> we're gonna have to work around it. And they didn't have to. Offensive line was a big reason they won this game. So I'll say offensive line, but I do want to get into the defense a bit because it was a super, super good performance. Lowest point total for the Bills this season. Yeah, the defensive side of the ball was absolutely incredible. And here's the thing. Again, after a game, everybody has takes, how they feel the game win. It was snowing. Maybe it was an advantage for Cincinnati. But, like, look, both teams are out there playing in the snow. Defensively, how did you feel when it comes to to taking care of Josh Allen and just, I mean, we, we go to the secondary, we can go to the D-line, um, linebacker room, just just impressed with, with what they were able to do in the divisional realm. Yeah, something that I, I thought was rare uh, for this Bills offense and Josh Allen it felt like Josh Allen was lost by the fourth quarter. Like he had been hit so many times by all these weird pressures. I mean, the Bengals were sending Mike Hilton and Von Bell from Syracuse, uh, just flying into the thing from like out of the stadium. You know, these guys were like five yards off the receiver and they just blitz right at the snap and get to them. It's so hard. And they're dropping right into the windows that these bills wanted. They wanted slants. They wanted all these other answers for Josh Allen to get the ball out quickly if he needed to, because the offensive line was losing these battles. The offensive linemen, linebackers are dropping right in those windows. So he had to kind of go like, Ooh, uh, I got to go look over here. By the time he looks over there, he's getting hit, even though these pressures are coming from forever away. And then also I thought the Bengals, all these, um, and they weren't afraid to play single high coverage, which, is a little surprising because Stefan Diggs, that means you're one-on-one with Stefan Diggs or somebody, but they weren't afraid to play these single high coverages, which made their, they did all these Tampa two rotations. Tampa two is uh five underneath defenders too deep. And the middle linebacker is actually kind of almost like a deep defender. They did so many funky Tampa two rotations, uh, but, and they came with like, Trey Hendrickson is going to drop into one of the hooks or, you know, uh, Sam Hubbard or Joseph Osai is going to drop into those or maybe both. Uh, and they would send Mike Hilton or they'd send somebody else. And sometimes they'd play drop eight with that, which is sending an eighth defender back. So you have two deep and six underneath defenders. All of that just seemed to get to Josh Allen by the end of the game. And he just wasn't sure what he was seeing anymore. And to be able to do that to what the third best quarterback in the NFL. And I know he's, He's not the third best processor in the NFL, but he's gotten so much better at it. Like 
he's probably seen this type of stuff before, but he just, you just get hit and you, all this stuff keeps happening to you and you don't have a run game and the offensive line is losing. It's just like it all added up. And by the, the fourth quarter, it just seemed like he's like, I, I don't know anymore. Like I, I'm just not sure what I'm seeing. And that's just, that's so rare to do to an elite quarterback. They did it to, to Patrick Mahomes last year in the second half of that game. Although that came with the caveat of Patrick Mahomes was a flamethrower in the first half of that game. Uh, but yeah, I was just, I thought that was super impressive. It, it's its hard to say I was more impressed with the offensive line just because all this stuff they threw at Josh Allen and making him into that was extremely impressive. One of the most impressive performances defense, the defense has had this season. And it's up there with Lou's tenure right behind probably that Chiefs AFC championship game. It's kind of crazy because a lot of people, they were talking about the first nine minutes of that Monday night football game and the way Joe Burrow was just, he was able to drive down the field and it felt like they were about to drive down the field and score another touchdown. Uh, at least they were in uh, the Bills territory. But when the Bills were driving down the field in that first drive, you know, they were able to get down the field. Yeah. They were, I mean, there was just a, a dropped pass away from. Yep. Well, basically dropped pass from probably scoring a touchdown. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is probably going to be a shootout. It's going to be hard. It's all about possession. How many times are the Bengals, you know, offense going to be able to stay, sustain long drives? Um, what's this game going to look like? And I was just more impressed with, hey, we're not going to relive that Monday night football game for those first nine minutes. And you go to this game and the defense was just absolutely on another level. And the thing is, we talked about, and I did a couple radio hits that week, and they said, well, what is your biggest concern with this team? Is it the secondary? When you think about Gabe Davis, what he does in the playoffs, and Stephon Diggs, uh, one of the top five receivers in the NFL and you have Cam Taylor Britt as a rookie you have Eli Apple as a rookie or not as a rookie but as a, a, a not not sorry Eli Apple do not come at me uh you are not a rookie had rookie in my head uh but you have he's not your starting corner he's not your starting corner since he's Chito. not your number one corner not your number one corner. corner not your number one corner but you know right before Cheeto went out there was like Cam Taylor Britt getting a few reps out there it was the the cornerback room yeah, looked a little yeah. different um, but Hey, those are your two guys. And they really never went up against receivers like Stefan Diggs. And then you put Gabe, Gabe Davis on the other side. What's that going to look like? Are they going to eat? Um, you know, how's the defense going to be able to defend them? And I think that's what I was impressed by. Uh, look, there was some Josh Allen misses and, and maybe you can blame the receivers on a couple that I thought, Ooh, he's gone. He's going in the end zone. If he catches that. And the defense was able to, to really step up in the secondary. So I was really impressed with what I saw from Cam Taylor Britt and Eli Apple in that game. Again, two legit receivers me too like i mentioned they played some single high they played some quarters all this means is if that receiver is going vertical or outside he's yours and even though it's zone coverage you are one-on-one -on -one with that guy um and that's a double move they're in quarters and eli apple it's so funny to me that he catches himself like he's about to jump the double move and then you can kind of see him go like not again <laughs> Just like slam the foot down. Like he starts it. He wants it. He wants to drive on that. But he's like, not again. I'm not doing this again. And then Stephon Diggs breaks deep and he sticks with him. Great job. Uh, you think Cam Taylor Britt and just never any panic with Cam Taylor Britt. He gets beat deep because he misses his jam on Gabe Davis. The ball's a tiny bit underthrown. So Gabe Davis has to hold up. And there he is playing through the hands, getting a pass breakup. I thought those two were really good in this game. In what again was basically this was perceived to be a mismatch the other way. And especially with Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, whatever. Uh, 
Yeah. But especially with Stefan Diggs, it's like, this is a mismatch. Like if you're going to be one-on-one with Stefan Diggs, you're going to get toasted. And they didn't, they were one-on-one with Stefan Diggs and they did not get toasted the entire game. Like, yes, they bracketed Stefan Diggs. They played a bunch of coverages to him. They did all this other stuff, but Stefan Diggs, despite all that in the first game had 30 yards on one drive. He had about 30 yards this entire game on 10 targets. I mean, that type of efficiency is like a bad running back type of efficiency, just catching dump offs and getting tackled. Um, yeah. I thought, I thought both corners really stepped. Everybody who was supposed to get beat stepped up. The offensive line, the corners, they all stepped up. And that is, I think, the storyline of the game, really. It's just the reason the Bengals put the beat down on these guys. The Bills had no mismatches. Like, the Bengals took advantage of the mismatches. Their wide receivers against the outside corners, their passing game, uh, their defensive line against the Bills' offensive line, and the Bills did the opposite. They got beat on what were supposed to be the mismatches. Stephon Diggs against these corners, their defensive line against the Bengals' offensive line just smoked. And it's you can't overcome that, really, if you're getting beat on your mismatches on one end and then the other side they're getting beat too everybody's getting beat on your team that's just going to be a butt whooping and one of the things that they they're doing over the last few weeks with Trey Hendrickson playing out there with a broken wrist he's not going 100 percent on the, he's not out there 100 percent of the snaps and being able to rotate him in there I think is still impressive with the guys who are stepping up on the d-line um just over the last few weeks, and you could even say early on in the season, what's this defensive line going to look like? Um, are they going to be able to put pressure on quarterbacks? And I just think that's credit to the D-line coach and, and Hobby and just Lou and Rimo all together, what, what you're being able to see. And I, I feel like Lou just – I joke and I had this little gif on, on Twitter that I use. He's just an, he's a chemist. He legit just has all these ideas and, and he sees Josh Allen. He sees Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's about to try and defend Patrick Mahomes for the fourth time. What's that going to look like when it comes from your defensive coordinator and all these different guys are rotating in and out. Some of the guys who have had to step up this year due to injuries. Um, it's just been really impressive. And, and Mike Hilton has been, we talk about DJ reader being an MVP. Mike Hilton just, comes up big time after time. And I feel like he's going to be a big time player this coming Sunday against Patrick Mahomes too. He was the key to the, to the game plan to me. Uh, I know the outside corners played well. DJ reader obviously plays well. BJ Hill plays well. Um, Trey Hendrickson and the, and the pass rushers were really good. The key to the game though, was Mike Hilton to me. It was, he was on five blitzes in this game. He had four pressures. And these were not, he was near the line of scrimmage on the snap and just, you know, was faster than the tackle. He was blitzing from Timbuktu over there, uh, six yards off the ball and over a slot receiver that's four, another four or five yards away from the line. And he was able to time that up perfectly and get pressure, affect the quarterback, should have had a strip sack, 50-50 on the call. You know, they, they give those to the quarterback. It's fine. I don't think it was anything bad on that. But I was 50-50. I was like, that could actually be a fumble. And they just never seemed to give those to the defense. Um, so uh, he was awesome in this game. And not even just all that, but he's still just an awesome, awesome run defender. He has linebacker mentality. The dog in him is about 10 feet tall. Clifford, the big red dog, is inside of him. That's the size of the dog in him. Uh, bigger than than houses, like three times the size of houses walking around. Uh, just because to be like five foot nine, 180 pounds, and he made a stop on, I believe it was Dawson Knox in this play, and just stopped him in his tracks. Dawson Knox is like 250, guys. That's that's so impressive. With a full head of steam, just stopped him in his track. He's just fearless. What a fearless player. And just the epitome of this Bengals defense, I think, to be a bit underrated, a really good run defender, and smart everywhere else. That's just that is the Spangles defense is just so smart, great run defense. They're solid and sound everywhere and they're fearless. 
Mike Hilton was definitely hitting that cold tub uh, when they got back to Cincinnati because the way that guy hits, it hurts me watching him out there. Uh, he's just extremely impressive, and I'm, I'm really glad they were able to pick him up a couple years ago. With this team in the postseason, I'm not sure how you felt. Um, obviously, we will move on to championship week later in the week, but it was one of the most relaxing playoff games that I've ever watched in Bengals history. Yeah, the most. I was still nervous, like, even after halftime, like third quarter, and they made that long drive. They got a field goal, and I was like, okay, well, two-possession game type situation. But, yeah, never never felt like they were in a bad spot. Um, even the Raiders game last year, you did feel it. Like at the end there, like you could say what you wanted. I remember I was on I was on the living room floor <laughs> because it was gonna be the first Bengals win in 31 years because I still had the memories of all the other losses in my mind. And I'm thinking like, oh my God, are they gonna blow this to Derek Carr somehow or some weird penalty or whatever? And no, they got it, came away with the win. I think, and then you know they pulled it off against Tennessee, but that was obviously a nail biter. Pulled off against the Chiefs, definitely a nail biter. Um, but then this year, Ravens game, that's another nail biter. But this game. Wire to wire, dominance. They won it in the first quarter. I know that things would go different if it was only 14 points from the Bengals, blah, blah, blah. But they scored 14 in the first quarter, and the Bills scored 10 the whole game. That's just – that's so – that's dominant. And just basically start to finish. Bengals' first drive, touchdown, and they never even were tied with the Bills. And I think they were up two scores the entire game. Yeah, it just felt like, okay, this team is going to be just fine. And I honestly, the way it was going in the first few drives, I'm like, what if they score on every drive? <laughs> just just the way they've been able to get down the field. Um, absolutely incredible. Another thing that was really good to see, I know we talked a little bit on our post-game podcast, Evan McPherson um, kicking in the snow isn't easy. And uh, Money Mac felt like he was back. And it's just like, I felt like Bengals fans deserved to feel a little calm in a game that I think we were all just a little nervous going in. I picked the Bengals to win that game. You picked the Bengals to win that game, but did Nick I? Didn't. Nick didn't. Our producer. <laughs> Hopefully, he doesn't learn this week because it's really working out for the Bengals uh, if he picks against them. But it, you get that game before you have AFC Championship weekend, and this game, I mean, we'll feel all sorts of ways. I don't know how I feel right now on a on a Tuesday as we're recording this. We're gonna find out more with Patrick Mahomes. He's probably not gonna be a hundred percent, but not a lot of guys are when they're out there playing and they're. 15th or uh, 20th game of the season, which is insane to think about at this, at this point in the, of the year, 14 wins, Bengals are trying to get 15 and 16. Um, just absolutely, absolutely incredible and really fun to watch from, from all three phases for this team. Uh, when you, when you looked back on that game, we had O-line, we had Joe Burrow defensive line. Is there anything else that really stood out for you? Yes. And this is something I don't think anybody else has pointed out. Drew Christman was an awesome holder in this game. Uh, there were bad snaps. There were snaps that were low, and uh, he was able to get it up and for McPherson to kick. Because if McPherson missed any of those, if the timing was off, if they missed extra points, oh my goodness, we'd be having so many talks because he missed an extra point last week. But Chrisman was a great holder in this game, and I think that's something you were worried about because Kevin Huber's done it so long. It was you know Clark Harris to Kevin Huber and just nonstop perfection. And now Chrisman had a, a few awesome holds in this game. So if you have made it this far into the podcast, you get to hear some holder love because I, I don't think anyone else has talked about it. There were some bad snaps and he it didn't seem like it. Like nobody even knew they were bad snaps because of the way he was able to get it up and up and down and perfect. 
look, you need him to be legit because who knows if this game versus Kansas City, either the Niners or the Eagles, who are both legit NFC teams and the Super Bowl should be just a wild one, depending on, you know, if Kansas City, if it's Cincinnati versus the Niners or the Eagles should be a really great matchup and you need him to be on point uh, when it comes to field goals and, and extra points. So, yeah, that's 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 extremely huge when it comes to the January playoffs and uh, just making sure your special teams is legit right now. And I'm pumped. I'm pumped because the next episode we are talking AFC champ. All three segments will take your questions. We'll have previews and predictions. Will Cincinnati do what they did last year, repeat, and go to the Super Bowl, which is still absolutely incredible to even think about. This team is in the same position they were last year. Mike, what's going to be up on? I know you're busy. You have three articles this week. What's up on all Bengals? We're down one article. We did the takeaways. I'm going to do an offensive line article because it's what the people crave, I believe, I think. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have a beat. Sometimes I don't. And then uh, – uh friday we'll have a preview on something chiefs related uh we'll see but yeah this week uh to, by, by the time you listen to this there should be an offensive line article just going over how they outperform the bills defensive line go check it out make sure you're following along he has great clips to recap this past week versus the buffalo bills bengals underscore sand you can follow me at ellen ds patterson thank you for listening to it's always game day in cincinnati